Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by. We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome back to The Shepherd's Pie, a slice of hope to raise faithful kids. I'm Tony Kolank, a professor at Ave Maria School of Law, father of five kids, a homeschooling columnist, and the author of the teen fiction series, The Harwood Mysteries. By the way, this summer, I've been having a lot of fun starting to write book six in that series, the title which will remain anonymous for now, but book five will be out in October, and I'm hoping for more after that. But today I have as my guest Maria Riley, an author and editor, and we're going to be talking about ways to bring the lives of the saints to our kids. My guest today is Maria Riley. She's a Catholic author and editor who loves writing stories that teach the faith in simple and engaging ways. She is the author of a Catholic children's chapter book series called Adventures with the Saints, which we'll be talking a lot about today. She earned her bachelor's degree in English communication arts from St. Mary's University in San Antonio, Texas, spent most of her adult life in a vocation as a wife and mother, wherein she lives in Kansas now with her family. She's also a friend and a member of the Catholic Writers Guild. So great, Marie. It's wonderful having you on the Shepherd's Pie. Thanks, Tony. It's awesome to be here. So maybe tell us a little bit about your background and how you got interested in writing and editing. Absolutely. So I always dreamt of becoming an author. One of my few life goals has been to write and have a book published. And so boom, check that mark. But shortly after college, I met my husband and we got married and I was called into my primary vocation to serve as a mom. We have four amazing daughters here on earth. I have five children that I lost through miscarriage who are waiting for me in heaven. And I have been spending most of my adult life ministering to the needs of my family and being really available to them. And then a couple of years ago, so two years ago now, my youngest started kindergarten and I had that mom mental battle. Do I go back to work? Do I stay home? You know, how do I find that balance? And I believe none other than the Holy Spirit gave me the encouragement to start pursuing my dream now, which allows me to still be really available to my family and still fulfill this passion that I have for writing and, and getting good books out into the world. So when you were younger and dreaming about being an author, were you thinking about writing the kinds of books that you're writing now? Absolutely not. 
the first book that I ever completed, the first manuscript that I completed is actually an adult full length secular novel that is still sitting on the shelf. I still have dreams of getting back to that one day. But while I was maybe 75% through with that, I was listening to the Bible in a Year podcast one day and I felt kind of knocked over the head with this idea, The Adventures with the Saints, which is in very simple terms, a Catholic magic tree house. So I have kids who time travel and instead of going to different time periods and learning about historical figures, they get to time travel and meet a saint and learn a lesson from them and then come back and my children adore the Magic Tree House series and are at that age where this level book is perfect for them. And I felt especially equipped for this mission because I've spent so much time in early chapter books with all of my kids reading with them. And then also just as a mom, knowing the quality of books that I want kids to be reading. And I wish that there were more better Catholic chapter books out there. And so I thought, well, if this is the problem that God's presenting me with, it's because he wants me to be part of the solution. Hey, and don't feel bad. Most authors have many manuscripts sitting in their drawers. I still have, uh, you know, I brushed one off last year and I and I have a, a new contract coming out for that one. I've got others sitting in my drawer. I'm like, one of these days, I'm going to brush them off and maybe I can do something with that too. So I'm sure it, the time will come, right? It's just, uh, it's got to be the right time. But uh, yeah, Magic Treehouse, my kids loved that. My younger kids especially love that series. So, all right, so you've already started telling me a little bit about this, this series that you started, Adventures with the Saints. So let me hear more about this time traveling and, and how that factors into everything. So I wrote this series really as a gift and homage to my own children. So three of my four daughters were adopted through foster care. And so the first book, which is St. Joseph, the Foster Father Saint, there is a foster child named Joshua who is being adopted by a Catholic family, but he is not sure if the Catholic parents can love him as much as a biological child. And so he is talking to his new brother and sister about it, and they each have special items from each of their families of origin. And so Joshua has a special cross from his birth mom, Luke, his older brother, who is also adopted, but just adopted as a baby a long time ago. He has a baptismal candle from his family of origin. And then Becca, who is the parent's biological child, she has her baptismal Bible. And when those three special items come together, St. Raphael, the patron saint of travelers, appears and opens a portal for them to travel through. And so that's how they get to do time travel. And St. Raphael comes and represents the guardian angels. And so in order to return, they pray the guardian angel prayer. And then Raphael comes back and brings them back to the present. Now, do the kids get any input into where they're being sent? Or does Raphael just know what's best for them? So Raphael knows what's best for them. And so the first book it's very obvious where they're going because they go back to the time of Jesus's birth and they can see the star of Bethlehem right over the manger. And so they know right where to go. But in the subsequent books, they have to kind of figure out like, okay, why did St. Raphael bring us here? And what's our lesson that we need to learn? How long are these books and what age range are they for? So I recommend them for about first through third grade. They are at a third grade reading level. I've tried to be very deliberate about my word choices and sentence length and all of that sort of stuff as I'm going through it. But adults really have loved it. And so like you were reading in my bio, one of my big things is really making sure that the faith is simple and accessible. 
And what I have found is some of my adult friends who are reading these books are having insights and understandings that we're just like having the simple language and having the simple characters are able to let them connect with the saints and connect with the messages in a way that it's not overcomplicated. It doesn't take a lot of brain power, but those messages still ring true for all of us. So in the first book, St. Joseph teaches the kids about what it means to love as a parent and that biology is not the primary factor because of course he's not the biological dad of Jesus, but he loves Jesus and takes care of him and wants to be his dad. And he feels like such a proud, happy dad, even though he's not a biological dad. And that message that we're primarily children of God first, and that family does not require biology, like that's universal. It doesn't limit to just first or third graders. So it sounds like to me that this first choice of a saint, Saint Joseph, very much had a lot to do with your own personal family situation. And in fact, is some of your family situation sort of built into or cooked into this story? Oh, absolutely. I love being able to write into the books the things that my kids and I do together. And so on a large scale, the adoption, of course, and St. Joseph being the saint who walked along with me and my husband as we were foster parents. We were foster parents for about three years. We adopted twins who are obviously related to each other. And then we adopted another child who is not related to the twins, um, which was its own journey. And St. Joseph was there with us the whole way. But then also some of just like the simple things, like uh, in the second book, they go to the pool and they go down the water slide together and they splash and throw the water football together. And that's what my kids and I like to do. The mom wakes the kids up by singing, rise and shine and give God your glory. And that's how I like to wake my kids up in the morning. And so the mom in the book does that. And my kids get such a kick out of reading their own life experience experiences coming to life in my books. I tell people my favorite part of this whole experience, like I wrote my books for my kids and they love them. And if other kids benefit from them, that's amazing. That's awesome. But really it's, it's a gift to my kids. And the best gift they gave back was they told me they went to school one day and their teacher said, who's your favorite author? And they said, my mom is. And it's like, that's Best, best moments. Like, I don't care how many awards I get. I don't care how many books I sell. Like, I'm successful because that is all I needed to, to warm my mommy heart. That, yes, that makes it all worth it. Although you mentioned uh, awards you get, you actually were recognized by the Catholic Media Association recently for this exact book, right? They uh, gave you an award for being one of the best books out there for youth. I did. And that was such an honor that I, I just received. And it makes me humble to be on a list among so many other authors. You, of course, Tony, won first place in that category, which is phenomenal. And it really was nerve wracking putting my book out there. And then just so kind of reassuring, like I'm, I'm on the right track and other people are recognizing uh, what I'm doing and that the books are good quality books for our youth. And we need more good books for our youth. Yeah, so let's use this as a good segue then, because we want to be talking about how we can bring the saints to our kids. But maybe the question to ask before that is, why would we want to bring our saints to the kids? And, you know, you could have written a book about anything. You could have written a Junie B. Jones recap and had just as cool foster kids in there. But you chose to do it about the saints and St. Joseph in this first book. What is it about the saints uh, that made you feel like we needed another book on saints for our kids? 
when I was growing up, so I'm a cradle Catholic and I've always loved our faith, but I really struggled with a personal relationship with the saints because the saints always felt really distant to me. They seemed like super holy people who had, you know, no concept of what my everyday life was like. Um, a lot of the saints that I was learning about were martyrs or priests or nuns and, and people who just weren't kind of everyday normal type of, of people. And as I have grown, I have really enjoyed in my adulthood developing a relationship with various saints for different things like St. Joseph, of course, um, as a foster parent. And then St. Therese was my second book. And, and she has been one who has been really instrumental in teaching me the little way that I don't have to do these great, huge, amazing things. If I can just do little things every day with the love of Jesus in my heart, I can secure myself a path to heaven. And like, that's all I want. I just want to go to heaven. I want my kids to go to heaven. And she gives us this simple, simple path, which is why I chose her for my second book. But on the outside, she's really not accessible. She was very young. She lived, you know, 150 years ago. She was in a convent, you know, it's not obvious to be able to connect with her. And so what I really wanted was instead of including histories and dates and, you know, a bunch of names and a nonfiction book about the saints. I wanted a story where kids could connect with the characters, see themselves as the characters and recognize things from their own life, just simple living the faith. Sometimes it's just fun stuff. Sometimes it's remembering to say grace before dinner, like that sort of stuff. And then they can still connect with these saints and get a message that is applicable and relevant to children today. And you're right. I mean, it seems like so many saints, you know, the way they're presented makes them less accessible. Uh, so actually, it makes me wonder a little bit about research. When you're researching these saints, there's a lot of... Now, I mean, I know St. Therese wrote that wonderful story of her life, which I, I thought actually in some ways would be very accessible to kids because you kind of see she was a bratty little child. So most kids can uh, relate to that. But... And what kind of research do you do? And, and do you try to, you know, when you're writing a book like this, keep the book very historically grounded? Because yeah, obviously there's some limits to that too. So I actually, I don't. So there are eight chapters in each of my books and there are only usually two or maybe three chapters that involve the saints. So most of the book, more than half of the book is the children in present day dealing with whatever they're doing in the third book, which is St. John Bosco, that one will be releasing on August 12th, the kids are going back to school. And so the first couple chapters are back to school shopping and preparing and laying out clothes for school and getting their school supplies. And that sort of accessible, these are kids just doing what kids do. And then they time travel and learn a lesson about bravery and God providing from St. John Bosco. So I spend so much time doing research. What I I love, I love really getting to know these saints and I could probably, I'm probably equipped to write like actual nonfiction biographies of these saints by the time I finish the research and what actually goes into the book, just a tiny little bit of it. And what I really focus on when I'm doing my research is I want to know the saints and I pray to the saint for understanding. I ask them to help guide my book and to make sure that I am representing their message and their essence as well as I possibly can. But really, I don't worry about the historical accuracy or any of that sort of stuff. I want it to just be an easy story for kids to digest. 
You know, and you're picking some great ones. Your first three are three of my favorites, obviously. Joseph St. Therese, and I don't know if you know this, but I went to a Salesian high school, so Don Bosco Tech. But yeah, they love St. John Bosco, so we got to hear all about him and, and what an amazing saint he was for the young. So so maybe that's the next question, maybe, is uh, if we are trying to bring saints to our kids, are there certain saints that we should be gravitating towards? I mean, like, how are you picking these? And and maybe how should parents or, or teachers be thinking about that? Yeah, so I, th- I think when it comes to parents and teachers, a primary guider should be if you know and love that saint. I think that kids can really recognize when adults are interested and passionate. And I think that is really one of the great lessons of St. John Bosco is that he really cared about the kids and he got on their level. He looked them in the eye and gave them all respect, including that in our lessons. And so if there's a saint that you don't really connect with, the lesson probably won't go over super well with your students. Me personally, especially because I'm targeting first through third graders, you know, the early readers where they're not being read to necessarily anymore. They're starting to read on their own, but they might need a little bit of help and they're struggling enough with the words and the reading and all of the other stuff. I chose to stay away from the martyred saints um, because I think that's very scary for that age group. Like if you love God, then you might get killed for it. And so get psyched if you want to be a saint you know you've got death coming your way and that's something that I wanted to stay away from and again it's really about a simple message that can be applicable for kids today but I let the Holy Spirit guide me in in my selection and I don't feel like I've gone astray yet if whoever is presenting the message to the kids sees that the adult has a special devotion that probably is going to be a much more impactful encounter. It's funny you mentioned about the martyrs, though. I I had a guest a while back who um, had written for kids on the Canadian martyrs, a lot of priests mostly who were martyred in some very horrible ways. And that was one of the topics we were talking about. It's like, how do you even present some of these gruesome details to kids? So I I guess that is definitely one consideration people should take into account. Uh, What are some of the other saints that you have on the horizon or or do you uh, only have the three right now? So number four is going to be St. Anthony of Padua another personal favorite of mine. (laughs) And then the other two that I I definitely know are coming is going to be St. Nicholas at some point, and then St. John Paul II. Those are the other two whom I have a really great personal relationship with already, but I want to incorporate in more female saints, and I want to make sure that there's a good balance with that. And so I've just started on St. Anthony, and then as that one gets ready to go, I'm just going to pray for guidance of who should be next. So the The kids are loosely following a school year. So it started in the summer. The adoption was in the summer. And then St. Therese was still summertime. And then St. John Bosco is the first day of school. And so Joshua, the adopted child, has his first day and he's very nervous. And it's a new school and new friends and new classrooms. And uh, I think all kids can really relate to the first day jitters. And then they're going to go through. So around Christmas time, we'll get to St. Nicholas. That's great. And we're recording today on the Feast of St. Anthony of Padua. I'm sure you knew that. But he's also my namesaint. I remember my mom, when I was a kid, we had a little Italian church nearby us in New Jersey, and they would make St. Anthony bread. Have you ever had St. Anthony bread? You know, I haven't. But today I'm going to enjoy. So I had the privilege of going on a pilgrimage to Portugal back in November, and I attended the church that is his birth site. I got to venerate a relic there of his. It was 
absolutely phenomenal. That was actually what I was toying with a couple of different saints. And then I found out that day one of my pilgrimage was going to his birthplace and venerating his relic. And I was like, okay, God, like I hear you. <laughs> and so they pass out pieces of the bread and I have kept it since November and we we're supposed to keep it and then enjoy it all together as a family tonight. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I haven't had it since I was a kid, but uh, it was really interesting. St. Anthony bread, that was great. Which is, I guess, another way that we can bring the saints to our kids is the way that so many ways that the church brings things to us, which is through the material world. Like, why not have St. Anthony bread? I'm not really sure why there is such a thing as St. Anthony bread, but I know it's pretty cool that there is. So are there other things that, that you're um, encountering as you're writing these books uh, that you know could give folks ideas on how to bring the saints down to their kids? Well, so one of the other things that I have found that is is really helpful as a parent, it is a little bit more difficult if you're an educator, I think. But as I encounter things that I love and find fascinating, I incorporate it into everyday sort of conversations. Dinner talk is, oh my gosh, I was reading this book today. And can you believe I just learned that, you know, whatever cool fact about a saint or things like the bread or special medals and gifts and things that are passed down from generations. I love the idea of incorporating in physical things with the kids, but my biggest strive when it comes to introducing my kids to the saints and what I think other parents should really work towards is keeping it simple and relatable, accessible to their age and where they are. Because I did not know all of the things that I know about all the saints I do when I was a kid. And when facts were kind of thrown at me, it was just like too much for me to process. And so I just kind of shut it all down. It wasn't fun. It wasn't interesting. And so keeping it at a children's level and making sure you, you know your audience. Yeah. And I guess that ties back into what you were saying on how you're doing your book. So you're saying out of eight chapters, you might have three where the saints there. And it sounds like in your three chapters with the saints that you really focus on a certain aspect of that saint that really ties into whatever theme you're you're using in your book. And I think that illustrates for us a little bit, maybe how you can bring the saint in a more simple way to the kids, like you were just talking about. Absolutely. So like in my St. John Bosco book, which is the um, one that will be coming out in August of this year, the children are, Joshua especially, is feeling nervous about his first day of school. And so they time travel back and they meet John Bosco in the middle of one of his street circuses, which if you don't know about John Bosco, you should learn about him. He's a phenomenal person who had amazing human talent and he could do all sorts of entertaining things. So that's fun and engaging. And so the kids get to see him not as just a priest behind the altar, but as a priest who's juggling and doing handstands and, and having fun. Um, and John Bosco, I feel like there are so many lessons and things that you can take away, especially about his preventative system and his discipline and his love for the poor children and never turning his back on anyone, regardless where they came from. But for the context of my story, that was not the message that John Bosco had to share. And John Bosco's message for my kids is that God always provides and we have to trust in him, even if we don't know what's going to happen. He's the good shepherd and he will take care of us, even if we can't see the future. And so I kind of left off all of like, I don't mention that he ran an orphanage. I don't mention, you know, all of the other boys of Turin. I don't mention there's so many other things about John Bosco that could have been included and would be if it was a biographical book. But instead, for this purpose, 
it's let's learn a very simple lesson from John Bosco and take one thing that kids at this age can remember. And so for his example, I used Grigio, who is the wolf that God sent. He called him his guardian angel. And this wolf would appear and protect John Bosco when he was walking through unsavory parts of town. And then he would disappear when he wasn't necessarily needed. And so John Bosco knew that he was always protected, both spiritually by God, but then also literally in the world by having a wolf protector. And so God provides and God protects. And so like a saint who has a super awesome attack dog, right? Like that's fun and really accessible. And also a great lesson for kids to remember that in your time of need, God will provide. That is a great lesson. If folks want to get their hands on all these books, whether it's St. Joseph, St. Therese, or soon, very, very soon, St. John Bosco, uh, where can they go and, uh, and how do they order these? Awesome. So the best way to get them is through my website, which is mariarileyauthor.com. And if you are ordering them this summer before August 15th of 2023, I am doing a summer reading discount. Use the code SUMMER to get 15% off your entire order. And if they do that, I am happy to autograph and personalize all of those books as well. But if you prefer Prime, I'm also on Amazon. And now we're not done yet. It's time for our entertainment segment. In our entertainment segment, I like to ask our guests if they have any books or movies that they are reading with their families that might be good to share with our families. And Maria, I understand you've been reading something that's a lot of fun with your kids. I have. So I have been going through the Armor of God chapter book series that's written and illustrated by Teresa Linden. Um, She has a six book series and we have just finished up book number three. So she has taken her inspiration from Ephesians 6 through 17, which is the Armor of God. Um, So like the first one is the belt of truth and she goes through each of them. And so while they are deeply scriptural and inspired by scripture, they are really very similar to mine in that they're a fun, entertaining story with good characters that the kids can get attached to, that they get interested and kind of pulled into the story. And it's not overly preachy or uh, too intense for for children to, to digest. And what age range would you recommend this for? So it could be a great read aloud for younger kids in first, second grade, but my fourth and fifth graders read them independently. These are really, really great fun books. All right. So the Armor of God series by Teresa Linden. And she is also, by the way, I always need to put a plug in for CatholicTeenBooks.com because she's actually one of our Catholic Teen Books authors and has uh, several uh, series out there. After you get done checking out MariaRileyAuthor.com, you need to also check out CatholicTeenBooks.com for other Christian books for our kids, not just for Catholics. Um, Anyway, Maria, it has just been wonderful having you on the show today and talking all about your books and all the cool things that you're doing. 
Awesome. Thank you, Tony, so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Unfortunately, we are out of time. We've been talking with Maria Riley about her Adventures with the Saints books and different ways that we can use to bring the Saints to our kids. This is Anthony Barone-Colank. If you have a question for me or you want me to uh, talk about a particular topic, just drop me a line on my website, anthonycolank.com, and you can learn more about my medieval series for kids, The Harwood Mysteries. Until next time, may God bless you and your families as we work together to raise faithful kids. 